It's Sunday, June 12th, 2016, and you're listening to episode 47 of Roll Up and Die. If you're interested, feel free to stay till the very, very end to see what happens when Matt and Barker are in a Skype call all by themselves. Brutrollup.com <laughs> hey, slash candy canes. You wish we had that. We could sell that for a fortune. Oh, man. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be awesome. Well, you want that website, do you, roll up? Well, <laughs> well it's going to cost you. How much are you willing to pay, Wonka? How much? <laughs> I don't even know if it's Wonka. I just assume all no. candy is Wonka. Oh, yeah, okay. well. <clears throat> I don't know who makes fruit rolls, actually. Probably all like one big megacorp that... You know, uses different names for everything. Yeah. Also responsible for chemtrails in the sky and yeah. <laughs> subliminally messaging us to buy sodas while watching our favorite television so- shows. That's right. It's all the man. Keeping us down. Big Keeping brother, down. man. I tell you what. So, how are you guys doing today? I'm doing um, great, man. I've I've been having an awesome weekend. Just like, I have a long weekend, getting a ton of cleaning done around the house, and I've just been playing metric heaps of overwatch which has just been great <laughs> it's been so much fun yeah uh, so I, had, I, got uh, me, I got me some lobster today which was nice Ooh, oh kick nice. ass yeah i don't normally get it but it was on sale and hey you know it's memorial day so why not yeah, yeah you're in sure. lobster the lobster capital of the world over there alex that's right they're like walking around in your backyard <laughs> yeah like, yeah it's, it's not the same got lobsters with- again Right. Yeah, it's the same problem they have like down south with the alligators, except you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I look out my window and I see gopher holes. Alex looks out his window. And he's like, "Ah, shit! There's lobsters again." Yeah. Getting I see in the garbage cans. Yeah, they're getting in the damn garbage. That's what Alex meant when he said they're on sale. It means he caught that's, it himself. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> they're on sale. Caught myself a, a an eight footer lobster. <laughs> an eight foot lobster. Yeah. It's you know, like one of those Subway mm-hmm. subs that's for parties, but it's a lobster. It's right. It's a lobster. You know, one year, I, I've never been particularly fond of turkey, and one year for Thanksgiving, my girlfriend and I, uh, I bought us a, I think it was like a 10-pound lobster, and I had to go to a special, you know, fish market for this thing, but it literally sat on the plate like a turkey, you know, filling the whole plate kind of thing. Yeah. You know, with a tail the size of your forearm kind of thing. It, it was- Oh, my God. It was the oh best Thanksgiving ever. Dude, I, yeah, I would take lobster over turkey any day of the week. Uh, I mean, you know, with a big mug of of drawn butter and uh, you know, I don't think I've man. ever had lobster. I've had lobster <clears throat> bisque. Yeah, I've been to Red Lobster, but I've not ordered. You've never, the, you never just had straight up lobster. Yeah, yeah, I've not ordered the namesake. The best part of lobster is, it, I mean, is the combination. It's the taste and the texture. It's just a great yes. combination that when you bite into it, it's got that that unique texture that only lobster has. You know, yeah. so when you bite into it, it's, it's, yeah, I can't describe it, but it's it's lobster texture. It's one of those things where I I never buy a lobster if it's not on sale, um, yeah. just because it is it is a little bit expensive <clears throat> for the amount of food that you're getting. But yeah, occasionally, yeah. you know, I'll be walking by the the meat market in the grocery store, and I'll <clears throat> see lobster tails fifty percent off, and I'm like, oh shit, we're having lobster tonight. Oh, yeah. Like I'm picking yes, up a couple uh, of these oh, bad boys. Hey, catch this. Uh, years ago, I used to work at a, at a homeless shelter, right? And occasionally, we get deliveries from from uh, uh, from places with you know food that they were going to throw away and that kind of thing, 
and uh, there's a blizzard one night, and and a, and a FedEx truck pulls up, and uh, they come up with these boxes and say, uh, "Yeah, we have some food." They, for some reason, they couldn't get they not they weren't going to be able to get the food to where it needed to go, and so rather than let it go to waste because it would have it would have you know probably melted or gone bad by the time it got there or whatever, so they brought it to the homeless shelter. In these boxes was like forty pounds of lobster meat. <laughs> Not lobsters. Oh my gosh! Lobster meat. <laughs> wow. The first the first week, uh, you know, I, I you know I worked there, so I didn't really partake. I wanted to make sure that all the guests, you know, got their share. But the next weekend, I came in, and at that by that point, they were all sick of lobster. I mean, they had had lobster, lobster sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. they, they were eating lobster, lobster, lobster. So they put a few. They put aside like uh, like five or six tails for me. And, uh, you know, all the guests go off to bed and uh, it was a night shift. So I, I was up all night and I, you know, I just, I just drew, drew the butter, had these, you know, all these steaming lobster tails just ready. Oh, and, man. and it was, oh, it was fantastic at a homeless Dude. shelter. That's really cool, man. That's like, <laughs> yeah, and that's incredibly generous too. Yeah. Makes yeah. me, makes me want to ask you how long ago it was like, well, they, would they do that nowadays oh. or is that, <laughs> well, you know, it was right after the civil war. Things were tough. Uh, yeah, I feel <laughs> That was that, that was back when when lobster was servants' food. That's right. So yeah. Yeah, it was really not a big. They were deal. throwing it to the pigs, you know. No, no. Yeah. This was uh, let's see, it would have been uh, seven, about seven or eight years ago, maybe. I say ain't bad, not, not terribly long, but ah, uh, that was fantastic. See, I have, I have a rule, man. I live in a landlocked state, mm-hmm. and not only do I live in a landlocked state. New Mexico is known for its lack of water. Right, And right. so yeah. I just, I, I don't eat seafood here. My family's from the Pacific Northwest, and when we go there, that's like, that's all I eat, you know, is <laughs> salmon, and I get the, the yeah. oysters, and I get the bull of clams, and I don't even like clams, you know, but I eat them. You know. <laughs> I'm going to eat them while I'm here. <laughs> I'm going to eat them while I'm here because, you know, that's, I think that's why I've never had lobster, because mm. I feel like well, if it yeah. takes a few days to get to me, yeah, we're gonna have a problem. We're gonna have yeah. a bad time. That's absolutely right. Well, they keep them alive. I mean, you know, you don't. They don't ship dead lobster. Yeah. So yeah. it's gonna, it's gonna get there alive one way or another. As long as it's, as long as it's alive when you cook it, um, yeah. you're gonna be fine. That's a good point. That's yeah. silly. It's not like the lobster's going bad inside the tank at Red <laughs> no, Lobster. No, but man, it might get sad though. You know, <laughs> they if, do if get it's sad. going to New Mexico, it's like, oh god, oh, god I gotta go over to New Mexico, and then it gets there and it's depressed. <laughs> <laughs> I. I'm just defeated right now. I am obliterated by a workout that I just did. Oh, what were you doing? I did. Okay, so this workout is called Shortcut to Shred, which I, number okay. one, I freaking hate workout names. Yeah. Like, because number one, <laughs> it's got the word shred in it, yeah, yeah. which makes, you know, makes me seem like a douchebag, but which is not 100% inaccurate. But the second thing is it says shortcut. And yeah. that's a whole bunch of bullshit. It, oh, yeah, okay. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like seven different <clears throat> exercises, like lifts, right? Yep. With weights. And I know we've talked about exercise quite a bit in this podcast and because we're, we're all bros here. Sure. Um, but uh, in the middle, you don't rest between your sets. You do mm-hmm. one minute of cardio between each set. Oh, yeah. oh man. Yeah. So I've, I've done that before. That, that's, that's, oh. that's brutal, man. God. <laughs> At, on top of that. This is like a between 2,000 and 3,000 calorie diet that I have to be on. Yeah. And so for the first time in my life, I'm like, oh, God, lunch? Shit, no. <laughs> Cheese sticks? God. <laughs> oh, you haven't got the big uh, protein shakes yet that, ha- you know, like where uh, a single glass of it has like 5,000 calories or something like that? Oh, yeah. They put like 
three raw eggs, an orphaned child, a <laughs> banana, and like a whole bag of spinach and a shake. A bit of a neutron. Yeah, a bit of a neutron star, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's. That, I think that's what the they call the the celebrity diet, where I really got to get in shape in a month for a movie role or for. Yeah. A, uh, we're going on tour, and all you eat is raw eggs and oatmeal. <laughs> well, you know, if if someone told me I was going to be in in like a blockbuster movie if I slim down. Yeah, that that would be certainly a big motivator. I mean, that's what happened with uh, uh, Chris Pratt with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy because you know he was not yeah. in shape before yeah. that, and they told it, and then they you know told me, well, you gotta, <laughs> we want you. <laughs> well, okay, uh, I do believe that working out is some sort of reward. Would you say? I, some yeah. sort of. Well, it brings we, reward. It brings reward. <clears throat> that's not quite magical, but. But it's abandoned segue. Abandoned segue. <laughs> that was the most awkward segue I've ever been. <laughs> Every man for himself. Oh my god. <laughs> Abort podcast. <laughs> oh my god. In I have a lever next oh, to me, geez. and I got to break the glass and pull it, and my computer shuts down automatically. <laughs> <laughs> And deletes Welcome. everything on the hard drive, so there's no chance of it ever getting out. <laughs> exactly. Welcome, everybody, to Roll Up and Die, uh, your half-operating podcast currently. My name is Barker. And my name is Matt from A Fistful of Dice. And my name is Alex, a.k.a. Captain Gothnog. And today, uh, we picked a topic that's <clears throat> the day of recording, and we picked uh, a, a treasure and rewards that mm -hmm. the characters can <clears throat> perhaps find in your RPG that's non-magical. You know, mm. how to spice up your mundane treasure. Yeah. You know, stuff mm -hmm. like that. So, um, do you guys want to go around and come up with a really crappy way to do it? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. We, we can do crap. Right. I, I, dude, I do that better than <laughs> anything else, especially on this new diet. Matt, go ahead and roll the die. <laughs> All right. Here we go. That's a six. That's me. Um, coins. You find a hundred gold. Oh, okay, cool. Like uh, you know, just giving the players Ooh. coins and currency yep. with which to oh, buy yeah, other things. I feel like it's always really boring. I yeah, we'll talk about it more later. But I prefer giving the players things that have monetary value, but not necessarily yeah. just like yeah, you find ten gold. I, I I think that was probably all three of our first. Things. That was pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know, and I got it. Now you guys got to fend for yourselves. Yeah, now right? you got it. <clears throat> That's a three, Barker. Okay, uh, a plus blank blank of blank. So what I mean by that is a plus one longsword of slashing, mm. or yeah, yeah. And, and specifically telling the players, oh uh, yeah, you uh, you open the chest and you find a plus two dagger. Ooh, a plus two dagger. It's got like plus two engraved on the hilt, so you know it's good. <laughs> There's a letter of authenticity with it and everything. Yeah, it's it's a brand. It's like, yeah. oh man, the plus two blacksmith made this. This is this, you know you know it's great. Yeah, you gotta like you get uh, a, you get a free hat when you buy this one. <laughs> that reminded me of a quote from Caddyshack. Have you yeah, guys yeah. seen that movie? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. If you haven't seen that movie, take a drink and go see it. It's one of my favorite movies ever made, ever awesome. made. Anyway, yeah, it, the failing to provide a story or a, uh, a flavor or a background to a weapon, failure even to go so far as naming it, you know, mm -hmm. like a, like the Devastator, you know, something like that. <laughs> failing to do that is is a is a big fault, and I think that just being able to do that is 
a huge step in the right direction in making games more immersive and more fun for the players. Um, the minute you see your player look at his character sheet and write down the sword of avenging instead of plus two longsword, you know you're doing something right. Mm. Right, yeah. Uh, that's Alex. Okay. So um, I'm going to say you find a, uh, uh, a small box of ident- identical potions. Eight potions in, in a little, you know, a little wooden box, and uh, they 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 all just, you know, are minor healing potions. Oh yeah, man! The minor healing potion brewery <laughs> that's down the road. Well, you find a six pack well, of healing that, potions. That, that bothers me on two on two levels. One is is the 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 unimaginative part of it, but also it's it, it reminds me just way way too much of a video game. And oh, yeah. I'm not a video game person, and and that just like that just smacks of oh you're going into a new level ding here's some here's some healing potions you know it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're about to fight no, the boss no, no, here you that's go like Skyrim when you when yeah. you look around you you just get a bunch of gold and treasure and healing potions and right. you're looking around like <laughs> oh, something's shit. about to go down that's yeah. right yeah exactly <laughs> it's it, it, it uh, it's just a little too video gamey for me for yeah, sure absolutely <clears throat> now I want to jump in here really quick because those are three really good examples of what not to do but Matt. You said yeah. coins, mm-hmm. and the, I think coins are important to find oh, because yeah. they have the ability to mean a lot. Mm-hmm. The, the problem is when we give them out like they're candy on Halloween, mm. and it's like, oh, more coins, cool. Like, you know, after a while, when you're playing Sonic the Hedgehog, if you miss a <laughs> ring, you're going to be all right. Like, oh, yeah. okay, there are a thousand <clears throat> of these things yeah. at least. So, you know, what are different ways to make coins a mundane, non-magical mm. reward. What are ways to m- make them more valuable Ooh. inside of your game? Well, I think uh, the, one of the things that you can do right away is think about, you know, not a coin is not the same across everywhere in the world. You, you, mm-hmm. you see different forms yeah. of currency made of different metal with different emblems on them and thinking about where they came from and mm-hmm. who was carrying them. And, you know, maybe yeah. they find coins from a long lost civilization or something like yeah. that. I mean, it, there's it, lots of ways to spice it up. Yeah, it can be a plot hook. Yeah, um, exactly. And it also depends on the timing. Like I ran as uh, for my for one of my campaigns, I ran they started at zero level. So they started just with their uh, it was fifth edition. So they just they just started with their background, no no class yet. So right. um, <clears throat> their first adventure, quote unquote, was you know uh, the 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 uh, the adventurer was at his, you know worked his father's farm and he had to go retrieve a wayward pig, a wayward uh, cow that had wandered off, and his friend had been in from the city to visit, and so they both went off to get this cow, and the cow had 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 fallen down into this uh, uh, kind of ravine and and part of because part of the stone had given away and it revealed this little tiny shrine that had been buried there for for years and years and when they went inside there was a single zombie that they had to fight they freaked out cuz they'd never seen it before and on this on this little altar inside was a single gold piece and now you know this 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 is this is these are poor farmers they had never even seen a gold piece before so that one gold piece became really important to them. And so it was a, uh, in, in a case like that, having a single gold piece was just, you know, fantastic. But like you, you, you've sort of implied if, if, if this is a high level adventuring party and they've, they have, they've got gold falling out of their pockets and having, giving them a big pile of gold, it's like, <laughs> do we really need yeah. that? Nah, not really. <laughs> I, t- talking to your point, Alex, I think mm-hmm. that, um, you know, making it, making it more important in the context of the game 
is is good because like you yeah. mentioned like you know one gold piece meant a lot to these level zero heroes but right. you know if you've got coins falling out of your pockets they don't necessarily <laughs> mean as yeah. much so yeah for sure yeah, I mean, even that's, the, you know, even after, I was going to say after a certain level, I don't even I don't even have them keep track anymore. I kind of think right. of it more in terms of you can buy this level of stuff. Like if you, yeah. you know, if, if they want to go out and buy a horse, I'm not going to make them count out the coins. Like okay, yeah, right. you, can, you could you can pick up a horse, you know. Yeah, yeah. that's like at the near the end of the Provokers game, uh, Tim Carney playing Durgan kept mm-hmm. t- kept giving people money. He'd be like. I'm going to throw five gold coins at her. And it's like, eventually I was just like, I'm not going to keep track of that because you're just yeah. throwing money at yeah. everybody. But I assume that you have enough gold to be throwing a handful of coins here and there. Right. You know? He's like Tim in real life. Yeah. He's just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. here's five bucks. Yeah. Here's five. Go buy yourself something nice. <laughs> <laughs> you feel free to spend it all in one place now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I, I, you know what? What I actually recommend maybe doing, uh, if this interests you, Dungeon Masters out there is just mm-hmm. yeah taking like let's say you're playing D and D or Pathfinder or something, um, taking the price of a good inside the the player's handbook and making it cost less. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if something costs ten gold, make it cost one gold and make gold more rare. Yeah, yeah. And that way, when someone finds <clears throat> a gold coin, that is far more valuable than if they found a hundred. Right. Because yeah. they have one gold freaking coin like when they spend it it's spent it's done and it's got a design on it it's got a face of a person it's mm-hmm. from a certain country you can spend it if you want but that's got character and it's going away soon so if you're if you're trying mm-hmm. to make coins more valuable you know th- just do it economically you know make yeah. everything cost less and make coins a little more rare yeah yeah now you mentioned potions though alex mm-hmm. how do you take a potion or like you know Potions of healing, which mm-hmm. arguably are magical, okay, right? Yeah. And we're saying, you know, true, non-magical true. things. How do you take a potion and you make it have more meaning uh, instead of, you know, less video gamey? That's a really yeah. good way you put it. Yeah, I guess I guess I'd have them um, instead of a, instead of a po- instead of a you know a, a, a vile potion like like you imagine. Maybe they find a tin of salve, and and maybe it's not magical. Maybe it's just strictly alchemical. But it maybe it doubles your healing rate during a short rest, for example. You know, mm. so maybe it maybe it uh, it gives a bonus to healing during during a short rest, but it, it still requires you to to role play its use. You know, you can't just you know it, it's not not like a potion in that way. You know, you take time to you know to apply it and 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 do things like that. So um, I'm also a big fan of edible uh, potions, like um, you know uh, potions infused into. Uh, you think of Miracle, Miracle Max, you know, with his with his candy, you know. I think uh, someone once had a uh, uh, like these muffins that this woman made with a special herb that you know revitalized you a bit, so you got like one hit point back when you ate one, that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. I think yeah, we you, had in you our guys sewers. just got uh, purple beets in your and the sewers under Sandwall. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. They turn your uh, your uh, your teeth. <clears throat> yeah, they turn they yeah. turn them purple, but they also are like just as good if not a little bit better than like a healing potion so right right that's awesome yeah. hey man those beats <laughs> those blue apron beats yeah <laughs> Robin yeah. the beat okay but yeah there's there's a lot of options for non-magical potions there are you can get um maybe just ingredients for potions that uh that can be made into potions later you know things of that nature so uh, yeah even even just vials of like um oh i don't know uh, lich blood or something like that something that that you know, we'll do actually do nothing for the, you know, for the players, for the player characters rather, but can be quite valuable to the right buyer. 
Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I want to make a point here, too, to say that, you know, I don't want people to get the idea that we're advocating for you to think about the origin and physical description mm. and effects of every single mundane item that they find. Oh, no. But just thinking about, you know, amid amid a horde of treasure that's been collected, you know, let's say that the players stumble upon yeah. a goblin treasure hoard or something, you know, most of it's going to be garbage. It's going to yeah. be, you know, bits of rusted, you know, armor and and weapons that have long been you know in disrepair and things like that but then you know maybe they find you know something that catches their eye a, a locket yeah. that's been emblazoned with the sigil of a noble mm-hmm. house or uh, a dagger um that is uh, you know looks shinier than the rest and uh, has a an elven name scrawled upon the blade and you know these things aren't magical they're not they're not plus one weapons but they're but they're something that could lead to more. You know, wh- yeah. who is this? The, the name of this yeah. person on this blade? Where does it come from? Why is it? You know, why is it on this blade? And why do these goblins have it? And things like that. It's like things that make your players ask questions. Yeah. And, and yeah. You know. And I mean, I tend to use treasure hoards almost as um, seeds for myself, because yeah. what I can do is, uh, like you were saying, don't don't tell to build the background of it. You know, just make these really almost like trinkets. You know, if you look at the yeah. trinket list, you know they're really unique things. You know, there's a you know a glass ball with you know what looks like a little live bird flying around in it. Whatever you know, the, you know, come up with something. Well, that's magical, but you know what I mean. Come up with something that, um, that's that's really unique and and just you know put whatever you want into it, and then let the players tell you what it is. <laughs> you yeah, know? for sure. Yeah. One thing that Matt you just said was that you know you're not advocating or you're not trying to propose <clears> that <throat> the the DM come up with every single mm, stat yeah. for every single mundane item, and I actually would say that we're advocating for the opposite of that. Yeah. I, I would say, and this this goes for anything. When you and and if you are if you love game mechanics, just plug your ears right now because you're about to explode. <laughs> but I would say the minute you apply a stat or a mechanic to an item. That's you. You cut off. You limit the role playability, the role playing that the player can do with that item mm. when you only allow it to be able to do one thing. Yeah, you know, and, and so because all automatically it becomes video gamey. So right. if instead of saying you know this is a potion of healing and it will heal you for this many hit points when you drink it and you can take two drinks of it but you can only take one half a drink per round. Like mm-hmm. if you do that then no one's ever going to role play with their potion of healing. Yeah, but if that yeah. potion of healing has the signature of uh, a long dead assassin on it or uh, <laughs> the brand of a famous wizard that you thought was a legend, yeah. uh, but, oh, my gosh, they're actually real, you know, mm-hmm. then, hey, let's go figure this out instead of just, well, I'm going to drink this and then it's going to be done. That's yeah. not very rewarding. To me, that's... Uh, that's part of the game. So, I mean, what are the kind of like non? I mean, we, we we keep drifting back into a little bit of magical stuff, but what kind of uh, really non-magical things could you know could they find? I mean, what would you? I mean, a lot of it depends on the type of horde you're talking about. You know, yeah. if if this has been collected by someone uh, consciously, um, then it's going to be you know very like so let's say King Tut's tomb. You know, it's it's all you know the walls are lined, everything's neat, you know, gold and and all these wonderful things. Yeah, um, but on the flip side, you have you know the, the troll cave from you know the Hobbit, 
where you know stuff has just been tossed in there like they don't care about these magical swords they, they're just dumped in there because you know they got to eat what was wearing them but right. you know yeah. and, like sting was found underneath you know a bunch of refuse you know that kind of thing so there there's those kind of situations as well so um you know so i think you know one of the uh, on our <clears throat> facebook page uh in our comments mm-hmm. uh regarding the topic that we just posted today Mike Lasham mentioned something that immediately you just made me think of, Alex, is mm-hmm. cookware. What if they yeah. find some really high-quality cookware, mm-hmm. you know, and it doesn't have any stats on it, whatever. Like, that is something that's valuable to me as a player. Yeah. So I'd think I would apply or that I'd project that value onto my character, too. Sure. So uh, yeah, try try maybe super high quality cookware that's you know not rusted, it can't rust, or you know it's you know made of a, a perfect metal where the food heats perfectly, and uh, you know every time you cook for somebody, uh, you know it's always a perfect meal, you know. And yeah. then what's going to happen when next time they're they're cooking for a, a king, you know they're going to love that meal. That's going to be a role playing session. That's right. Yeah. And, and you also want to think about, I mean, you know, yeah, you, you don't want to. Write the entire backstory of each item necessarily. Yes, bachelor but- of Gorgon the Great, <laughs> the great flipper of all the cake of cakes of pan. It's like great flipper. But-, mm. <laughs> but you do, but you do want to think of how it got there. You know, like yeah, fi- finding 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 pots and pans like that. You know, my you know, if you find them in one place, it could mean one thing. If you find them in another place, it could mean another. So you as a GM should at least have a, a kind of an idea of how they got there. Like, again, if you're looking at a troll cave, then what they're doing is they're waylaying travelers, taking them, eating them, throwing their crap into the cave, and they don't care about it. Yeah. And so you're going to find a lot of traveling stuff, you know? Maybe you find little pouches of silver and copper. Maybe you find uh, the occasional nice thing. But, you know, it's, it's all going to be scattered around. Versus, you know, someone, again, who's been collect, kind of collecting this stuff. He's a, you know, kind of like the collector from Guardians of the Galaxy, where he's he just mm-hmm. goes after these really obscure, valuable things. Oh, you know, I need this for my collection. So, yeah, it, it, you're going to end up with different things, whether it's uh, jewelry, a piece of art, um, uh, cool little um, gadgets that's, that people have made, you know, non-magical ones. I like artwork. I, I like that you brought that up. I think I think a game that does this really well is Skyrim Mm -hmm. in that you'll find a lot of cookware near campfires or near kitchen areas. So, uh, you know, really make it, you know, a lot of times we take a, we put a treasure hoard, we heap it up inside of a closet and there's a, we roll for it and there's a bunch of random stuff in it. And that's, that doesn't make too much sense. Yeah. Uh, but you know, if the cookware, if I'm sticking with this, uh, is, (laughs) you know, if it's, near the place where these goblins would cook, then that would make sense. Yeah. If the if this statue uh was once a beautiful piece of art, but the goblins have defaced it and, you know, painted over it because, mm-hmm. you know, they disagree with that form of art, you know, that makes sense for the story. Mm-hmm. But it's still yeah. a treasure. You know? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like if you're if your players are in a a, a temple like that's turned into a dungeon, like they would find tapestries and you know mm-hmm. little holy relics and symbols of whatever you know god was this temple was devoted yeah. to maybe they would find some uh oil for anointing things and you know a, a couple flasks of maybe holy water you know which is yeah, again verging yeah. on you know something a little magical but um yeah. or you know if they if they're wandering through a ruined city this is something that mm-hmm. i really enjoy doing in the in um 
our Iron Lords of Zakesh campaign was coming up with the things that this character would find in the ruins mm. of the city that she used yeah. to live in. And, you know, it's like you find a goblet and it still smells like the wine that you haven't had for decades. Like you can yeah. still smell the wine in the goblet, you know, and that's something that's yep. personally important to the character, not just, mm. you know, uh, something that's important in the grand scheme of things, but personally very important to her and it i mean it's not magical at all what is she going to get for this old goblet absolutely nothing but she still grabbed it and carries her carries it with her to this day yeah. just because it's something that's important to her i think you know we're living kind of in an age of improvement <clears throat> now mm-hmm. where it's it's very rare for something brand new to be invented mm. but instead we're improving on things that have already been invented so i think if you just look around your house <clears throat> excuse me mm-hmm. this is that awful post-workout protein shake that's trying to come back up, but I'm not going to let it. Uh, (laughs) Just take a look around your house. Like, look at at all the nice things you have and ask yourself, what sort of thing did they use this? Like, what sort of thing resembled this but in the Middle Ages? Or if you're playing a Cthulhu game in the 60s, you know, and you're looking at your stereo, well, it would be maybe a phonograph, you know, something like that. And, well, not in the 60s, but you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) You go back in time a little bit and you yeah. see the exact same things, but they just look different, but they accomplish mm-hmm. similar tasks. And so take a look around your house, like right now, yeah. if you're wherever you are, look around you and find something that existed 700 years ago, and, but, you know, existed in a different way and ask yourself, how did the people then solve the problem that this item that I'm looking at now solves today? Mm. And take that thing that they did and put it in your game, put it in the closet, yeah. put it on the, on the shelf. Mm-hmm. I think almost every treasure. Well, if you're talking about loot, I, th- I think it should definitely tell a story, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, again, not going back into its history necessarily very much, but it should tell a story of, of how it got there, who, you know, why it's there. Um, you know, finding a, 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 a treasure hoard of some goblins and, <clears throat> You know, digging through the stuff, and you find, you know, imagine picking up, you know, a a a, a thing of coins, and maybe you, maybe you're a little of a party, and you're excited about, it. oh, coins, nice, but then you find, you know, uh, a little a little locket that has, you know, little silhouettes of two children in it with that, and you realize oh, yeah. that, you know, this person never made it home, you know, yeah. so you you know you can you can you can tell these these stories, and they 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 can just be sto- flavor stories to kind of round out your world or they can be you know plot devices they can be plot hooks or you know further the story that you're that you're currently in yeah nothing like a letter from a a a dead goblin's child yeah that makes the character (laughs) who killed him feel a little bad right right (laughs) exactly that's one of my favorites. But yeah, I mean, the other, the other side of the coin too is because um, not not all treasure, not all tre- not all reward treasure is you know finding it in a dungeon. It's you know it can be from a, from someone that you've helped, you know, uh, whether yeah. they, if they sent you on a mission or whatever. And um, rewards don't necessarily even have to be physical. They can be um, rewards of station or prestige or. Um, you know, uh, some sort of um, benefit to the to the character. In other words, you know, you are, you are now a respected member of the city. You now have access to this these special privileges. Let's say, right? 
because you've awesome. you, you you provided service for the city. It's kind of like when they give you the key to the city and and you know you can kind of go anywhere, do anything, that kind of thing. So you know, right. giving those giving those sorts of 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 um, you know maybe a knighthood, <laughs> you know for for a yeah, fight, yeah. you know for a fighter, or you're you're a wizard of the realm now. Here's your medal, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean that that that's all they got at the end of Star Wars. Yeah, that's yeah, true. No, Freaking that's medals. True. That's true. Yeah. That, hey, and Han that's Solo got some some credits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He there was something in those crates he was piling yeah, on. That's the true. Dog. He he never, never yeah. said he returned them. So yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the uh, that is something cool though to to think about. And and uh, fifth edition does talk about this in the in the books. Is you know maybe maybe you uh the pcs get land yeah. or a shop that they can run or a castle that they can fortify and mm-hmm. and rule you know it's like you know those things are non-magical but they're far from mundane you know those are right, those are yeah. big rewards so huge definitely and, and that's oh my gosh I, I i feel like i speak for multiple people when i say this but that is kind of like a dream of mine playing rpgs is to role yeah. play a character that can run their own shop yeah or defend their own keep things yep. like that even even get a, a a blueprint of my castle and be able to manage the defenses <laughs> and you know fight over it like yeah, that's yeah. something that i would love to do and i've never really been able to do it so you know give I, and i know i'm not the only one so mm-hmm. ask your players if that's something they're interested mm-hmm. in or just throw it out at them yeah i had a character in, in my campaign who opened a tea shop you know he he, he uh oh, that's in, awesome. in, in the city and uh um, it was funny because over time he sort of built up this little uh, merchant empire within the city because, he, you know, he he would he say at one point he and the party saved the mayor's life, and uh, from this this small consortium of merchants who were working to overthrow the the mayor, you know, in favor of their own uh, person they were putting into position, and so he was so grateful that now these all these merchants were thrown in jail, these businesses were, were now. A technically, you know, the property of the city. So they said, "Do you want any of these?" <laughs> it's like, "Yeah, <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take, I'll take, I'll take the brothel and the brewery." <laughs> it's like, ah. <laughs> which is what he took, That's and the awesome. crossbow yeah. range. <laughs> yeah, crossbow range. <laughs> but we always laugh because because near our house we have a gun range and a brewery. Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> right, right. Really? Well, and it, but it, but that came back later as as kind of cool because when when the city started to uh, um, to sort of degenerate a little bit into into a little bit of chaos as the war kind of pressed in on it, um, you know, someone tried to burn his shop down. You know, uh, after oh. he after after he got involved in something that he shouldn't have got involved in, he tried to stop a lynching, and and well, he succeeded in stopping it, but the people that were trying to do the lynching didn't like that, and so now they targeted him and and tried to burn his shop down. So, yeah. it, the, it, someone someone once said that, you know, the the great thing about giving the character something valuable is that they have something to lose now, <laughs> you know, yep, right. and, and and it can add a lot of uh, pressure and tension to the story. Exactly. Well, and I mean, that that is moving away from that, you know, I've got nothing to lose. I don't care about anything, you know, type mentality where <laughs> yeah. they, you know, there are no stakes. It's like, you know, if you give them something important like that, then yeah, they, you know, they're going to fight for, for the things that are important to them. Right. Yep. For sure. And I, I would say the obligatory, you know, careful with that. You know, if you give them a keep and immediately it gets destroyed by the enemy, yeah, you know, they're going to... It's going to be hard to ever give them anything again without them feeling like, oh, how long is this going to last? You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, true. You gave us that really nice NPC yesterday, and he's already been kidnapped. Like, come on. 
I don't <laughs> yeah, like exactly. anything. Yeah. I don't want to get attached. <laughs> so uh, you asked Alex, you asked me about you know other some mundane items and I yeah and you know the cookware. Matt threw out mm-hmm. the castles and you know the fortresses and running your own shop. You said a lot of really awesome things. What, you guys, let's go around a few times and just sure. come up with different things <clears throat> that you might mm-hmm. find in a, a pile of loot, no matter where yeah. it is. Yeah. You know, so uh, go ahead, Alex, go first, and then I'll go, and then Matt sure. will go. Yeah, so uh, this this is a leather uh, satchel, uh, and when you open it, inside is is a is a tome wrapped in an oil cloth. You know, it has you know really nice illustrations in it, and it's not magical, but it details a history of a nearby region that um, you know talks about places that were there that are no longer, and it mentions the um, this particular sorcerer who was uh, you know who you've heard of, everyone has in the area is legend. And how he had a keep in this place, and there he collected items of of great power and and value that he had uh, uh, deep within. And uh, uh, of course, now there's nothing in this region but but dark forest and um, and these these stone dolmens that sort of surround it uh, to warn people that this is a taboo place. You don't go here. Oh, very cool. Awesome. No, I like that. All that from a leather satchel. Right. Um, uh, mine will be you find a set. Uh, we'll say there are three kingdoms in your world, but you, you can really think of however many you have in your own world that you play in. Uh, and you find a, a set of two beautiful stone tankards, uh, each with the wonderfully engraved logo uh, or kind of sigil of one, uh, one of those three kingdoms. But the third one isn't there. It's almost a complete collection of these beautiful, valuable oh. stone tankards. That's going to drive the OCD character <laughs> mad. I ain't touching yeah. it. I'd rather, I'd rather touch a trap on purpose. <laughs> a tripwire. Not that. <laughs> All right, Matt. Um, so what they find is a, uh, a shield. Um, a, shield, a wooden shield with uh, bands of iron uh, reinforcing it. And Stuck in the center of this shield is a battle axe, just right in between uh, the wooden planks stuck in there. And uh, the shield is emblazoned with the uh, sigil of one nearby village, and the battle axe is emblazoned with another one. Uh, And it kind of, uh, anyone who would uh, be knowledgeable in history would know that these two towns uh, had a war roughly two decades prior, and this must date all the way back. to that time that's awesome what are you gonna you're gonna arm yourself with both of those things and walk into one of those villages oh yeah yeah good luck luck, man all right alex yeah uh all right so i'm gonna say that they find a uh a scroll case and uh opening it up they find a uh uh a map the map itself is is partially burned on one side but it details a uh um a journey across uh, mountains and they maybe they recognize like a little corner of it that this is um, that that might be an area we, we, we know and uh, and maybe scrolled in in, uh, in ink at the at the side really quickly is uh, the meeting is here or you know uh, this is this is where um, uh, this is where it happens that sort of thing and and uh, you know maybe maybe you include some coins in there as well. Like, but a, you include like a stack of platinum or something like that. Something, you know, 
that uh, of these really nice coins all stacked neatly. So it, as if it was clearly part of a, a payment of some kind. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. This is where the <clears throat> drug deal's going down. <laughs> uh, I will say, uh, actually, that brings up another one. Uh, you find a, a, a pile of illicit substances or a pouch. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, but actually, the one I was thinking is you find a, a wooden board that has many different kind of uh, elevated parts of the wood, different elevations, mm. like little bumps, some higher uh, and lower than others, um, all across this board. And the board kind of looks like a page of a piece of paper. It's kind of shaped like that. And when you take your fingernail and you uh, kind of move it across these bumps, the <laughs> bumps sound off on a pitch. And you hear like, bum, ba-dum, bum, 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 bum. And then if you do the entire page, it's like the national anthem of a regional power. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Alex or Matt. Matt. We're skipping Matt. <laughs> um, they, uh, they find a, a deck of cards, well-worn deck of cards. It looks like it's been shuffled many, many times. And maybe, you know, in your fantasy world, they have, you know, different suits or the deck of cards is different. But the general idea is that there are names written on all of the face cards. So each of the face cards in the deck has a different name written on it. And uh, the names aren't familiar to the player characters, but it would be pretty cool if somewhere down the line they met someone and they introduced themselves and their name matched up with one of the names on one of the face cards mm. in the deck. Oh, that'd be cool. Awesome. Do you guys want to go around one more time? Well, I mean, this could be the idea you can steal. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, why not? Go ahead, let's, Alex. Let's, let's break the rules. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> that, that's what we do. We own this podcast. <laughs> we pay the bills here. We keep the lights on over Alex's yurt. <laughs> Where we record. Yeah. Apparently we can't that's keep right. the internet on, though. That's still that's still yeah. a trouble when yeah, it rains. Uh, we didn't pay the bills. So <laughs> uh, so they, they find a wooden box, and uh, uh, inside are, 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 all, are all these... Um, uh, jars, you know, um, the box, the box itself is probably maybe six inches by, you know, two feet with a little hinge lid and, and has all these little jars that sort of fit perfectly inside. And each one has, uh, a different sort of exotic, uh, culinary spice in it. Um, each with, each with, you know, uh, very, uh, unusual sounding names, perhaps in a foreign script, maybe they can't even read them. Uh, so they might even mistake them for, um, you know, some sort of magical ingredient, but the truth is that they're simply just these these extraordinary culinary spices from a distant land that maybe were, you know, uh, picked up by a traveler from a shipwreck that from a land that they don't even know. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Uh, I'm going to say that recently uh, a, a leader has been assassinated, and uh, maybe in the past couple months, uh, and perhaps by an organization or... Uh, a certain person, I, I don't know, but uh, they would they would know that the dagger that this person was killed with was held aloft by the assassin before or after the the assassination took place, and you could see that uh, the dagger was a snake um, wrapped around the hilt, and the blade itself was like the tail of the snake, mm-hmm. and uh, the the characters find a dagger of that exact specific description uh, in a river or in another place where it might be. <laughs> thrown in uh, mm. to get rid of evidence right uh and, and so you know you hear about maybe that maybe the characters don't know that this happened and now they picked up the dagger or maybe they do know but they do know this this dagger is extremely valuable 
uh, or it could help maybe solve the case or mm-hmm. uh, that could, there are tons of plot hooks that could perhaps branch out of that. Yeah. And Matt. Uh, so maybe they find uh, like a set of spectacles or a monocle or, or just a piece of uh, crimson glass that when they look through it, uh, they can see markings on the wall and it's not magical. It's just sort of putting the light in a certain spectrum where they can see these very faint markings on the wall um, in mm. the dungeon that they're in. And maybe it leads them to a certain spot in the dungeon or it leads them out if they're lost, but uh, it's a uh, sort of designed to be used that way. Awesome. Yeah. Well, cool guys. Let's take a question from the listeners. Yeah, let's do it. Indeed. Awesome. For those uh, listeners listening <clears throat> in for the first time, uh, first of all, welcome to Roll Up and Die. Uh, sorry for the technical difficulties. Not really. I mean, that they happen. Um, the uh, this, w- this podcast is known for tabletop role-playing games and never releasing podcasts on time. My bad. <laughs> uh, but another thing we're known for is every time we have a topic or record a podcast, we get up on our Facebook page over at facebook.com slash rollupanddie. Um, patent pending, and we post our topic, and the que- and you post your questions for us. The question that has the most likes, we answer. Sometimes we answer more than one, but uh, but oftentimes we're too tired from extremely arduous workouts that we just did. So yeah. Uh, but this <laughs> uh, here's a question right here from an Alan S. Alan writes, "What do you think?" of the idea of making a non-magical item part of a bigger and more useful item that when assembled mm. benefits the party in upcoming adventures. Hmm. Now I, in my campaign, and this is cheating because this is a magical item, I've gone straight trope and I've included the, the rod of seven parts as a main plot point. Oh, okay. But I've never done that with a non-magical item or a mundane item. What yeah, sort of yeah. thing could you do? What sort of mundane item mm. could be assembled? Well, well the, the most obvious thing is a key, really. But, I mean... Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, How so? Well, I mean... It, well, obviously, a, a key's going to unlock something. So, if you include this this really sort of elaborate-looking key in, in, the, uh, uh, in the treasure... I mean, that's going to eat at their brains. Like, what the what is this open? <laughs> you know, yep. and and, yeah. and they're going to start and they're going to start looking for it, whether you want them to or not. So, uh, that, that's a warning to GMs, by the way. If if you if you if you want to derail your own campaign, give 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 them a mysterious key, and they and and your campaign is off the rails. I guarantee. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> they will they will become they will become hyper obsessed with finding what that key goes to. Um. um what about something like a like a cipher disc or something like that. Oh, something yeah. that would be required to solve a riddle or a puzzle mm-hmm. later on in the campaign. And like, you know, yeah. cipher discs normally have multiple levels. Maybe they find, you know, different tiers of this cipher disc that when fit together, yeah. allow them to solve some sort of puzzle. Oh, cool. the, there was a cool thing they did with uh, return to the tomb of horrors. They had uh, a medallion that had a, uh, uh, it was, it was, it was kind of like a riddle on it. To, that, yeah. that that you know that you needed to to you know move forward and but but the medallion had been broken and so they had they only had half of the medallion uh again th- yeah actually kind of like indiana jones i suppose where you know they only had the burn mark in in uh, uh uh in his hand to get the one side of the um the medallion um and so they, they didn't they didn't have the 
the rest of the information. And so having a having having some sort of medallion that has um, a riddle or information they need that's been broken. Um, now they need to find that other half or, or, you know, um, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Or like, uh, you know, those, those necklaces that they sell nowadays, that's like half a heart and you can give the other half to somebody else. You get, (laughs) Alex is like, I have, I have terrible memories of those. (laughs) My children wanted them. And instead I gave them 10 minutes in the, uh, timeout dungeon. (laughs) <laughs> now, now my, my, my kids want zombie heads around their necks that's all yeah <laughs> the uh but what, what i was going to suggest also uh is you know you made me think of maybe a map that could be assembled as you go yeah yeah um, yeah also you know that's kind of obvious you know musical instruments come in many parts and you know perhaps uh maybe uh, a local bard is very mm. willing to pay for the people who obtain the the greatest musical instrument parts for his yeah. loot. Um, and he, he knows that the place, the only places you can get them are very dangerous and he doesn't have the, the combat ability to do so, but he'd love to tag along and, you know, be the, be the sings jolly songs for you at the campfire or cook you meals, things like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, to earn his keep. Um, but yeah, musical instruments, strings, mm-hmm. uh, the, 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 uh, the what they call the the tuning nuts at the at the top <laughs> of the headstock the, uh, the the body of the you know the right wood to, mm-hmm. to carve into the lute. Did you guys ever see the the movie uh, the Ninth Gate? No. Uh, with yes. uh, it was it was with Johnny Depp. It was, it was he was yeah. a, he was a rare book dealer, and he was right. hired by this 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 creepy guy to track down all the copies of this uh, of this obscure occult tome. And and the point of it was it was it, the book was he wanted the real one, but there were a lot of forgeries out there, and so he wanted to use it to say you know to open the door to hell and and you know all this kind of stuff. But the book dealer didn't buy it. You know it was, it's it's kind of Lovecraftian in a way. But they uh, but he found but he found out that that each book had a portion of the true book in it. That page that page pages have been taken out and the and part of the original had been put in. So you had to get a copy of each book to to get the full incantation, the correct one. Cool. You know, so it was kind of like a puzzle. You had to first first collect all the you know, in some cases steal all the books, but but collect all the books so that you could then sort of begin to look through them. And as a GM, you could set it up where they have you know where they have to go to these treasure woods and find these these books. And eventually, once they get them all together, then they have to solve this puzzle, which you can work out. And now they have to figure out which ones are the authentic uh, passages and which ones aren't. So yeah. that, that can be kind of fun. There's an episode of Doctor Who, probably one of the most famous episodes <laughs> called Blink, where oh, they yeah. come across a, <clears throat> a VHS tape <laughs> where, or it might be a DVD, mm-hmm. I can't remember, where the Doctor, this character, is having a conversation, but it's like... One person conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, until later in the show where you realize that he's talking to a specific character and now that character is actually talking back to him and having a conversation with this video. Right. Go see the episode. But, you know, they yeah. find this thing that's absolutely incomplete, completely incoherent, looks like a crazy person talking to himself. <laughs> and then later it's like, oh, my gosh, no, he's talking to me and I'm having this conversation with him now. That, yeah, you know, so. yeah. Really good episode. But yeah, guys, I think that was some excellent advice on you know throwing in some more mundane loot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that went 
God, I, I, I got inspired by that to, to, to shift up some stuff in my own sessions. And, uh, that's really exciting. I, I I think that perhaps we should revisit this topic, you know, every year because there's just so much that we could come up with going around oh, in that yeah. circle. I mean, right. I, I I could have done a whole thing on just you know art, you know, art pieces. Oh, yeah. You For know, sure. there's so much you can do with that, and yeah, just definitely great stuff. Definitely. You know, yeah, we'll definitely re- don't, don't rely on magic for your for your treasure. I mean, exactly. magic is magic is cool. But use it sparingly, and then and then seed your 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 treasure hoard with all this cool stuff because this is the stuff that's going to really forward your story. It, this is the stuff they're going to want to hold on to. Yes, the you know a lot of times, and I know that a lot of people uh, say this, but you know in the future, in ten years, your players aren't going to think, "Oh, you remember that time I rolled really well?" Yeah, they might. Yeah. I don't know. They might, but yeah. they're definitely going to remember that time when they solved this huge problem. Uh, or this yeah. puzzle, or this, or they found and and solved the you know the background story of this item that they discovered. You know, that's right. a, this story uh, that that they cr- that you created and they took part in. You know, that's those are memories that last forever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you all, everybody, for tuning in to Roll Up and Die. Uh, the uh, most gloriously non-mundane RPG podcast you can find. Uh, my name is Barker. And my name is Matt from A Fistful of Dice. And my name is Alex, a.k.a. Captain Gothnog. And uh, there's a, a sign-off um, that I'm going to uh, come up with tomorrow right. that I think is going to be better for today, but it's going to be too late because I'm going to remember it tomorrow Kind of like when you come up with a comeback, like for an argument <laughs> that you right, had right, yesterday. Right. Tomorrow, yeah. I'm going to be like, oh, dude, this would have been a perfect sign-off. So for now, it's just going to be basically rambling incoherently by Matt. This show has been produced by Roll Up and Die and is copyright 2016. It is owned by all three of the primary hosts. The games, movies, and other super awesome properties mentioned in this show are the property of their respective owners. Stealing sucks. You can find all three of the primary hosts on YouTube and other websites. Matt is at youtube.com slash a fistful of dice. Barker is at youtube.com slash be a better game master. And both of their work can be found at absolutetabletop.com. Captain Gothnog is at youtube.com slash Captain Gothnog. And his work can be found on Drive Through RPG via Critical Hit Publishing. Listeners are free to use this show in any way, shape, or form as long as credit is provided to the Roll Up and Die RPG podcast. Look for other releases of the show on Facebook.com slash RollUpAndDie, iTunes, and RollUpAndDie.Podbean.com. Have a fantastic day, and as always, happy gaming. Hello. Hello, hello. Can you hear us? Hey, Matt, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, I think it's probably the storm or something. Yeah. That's all right. Post-production. I did rage against the machine. That's what it was. I was like, what? that's not a riff. Yeah. Man, you know, I'm not going to work on Maggie's farm no more. That? Um, good idea, man. I, I just, uh, yeah. you know... It's just not good, and like her dad's a jerk, and her he, brother's he, a jerk, dude. So, 
he hands you a nickel, fucking yeah. a dime. Yeah. And the worst part of it is he asks you while he's doing that if you're having yeah. a good time or not. And yeah, that, and to like, me, that's the deal. And I'm breaker. like, am I having a good time? I'm just here to get paid, bro. And <laughs> yeah, you know what? He had the nerve to put his cigarette out on me the other day. What a yeah. dick. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Have you have you have you met his uh, his wife yet, Maggie's mom? Oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> oh, I'm getting you started. Oh my god, like I <sighs> the way she pretends that she's 34. Oh, oh my god. I know, and I mean, how old would you say she is, really? I, I don't I don't know. I'd, I'd have to venture a guess, but I mean, what would you think? I would say 68. Probably, I would say give or take, but sixty-eight yeah. is what I was going to guess as well. Yes, who does she think she's fooling? Exactly. I I think that you are right in your not wanting to work on Maggie's farm no more. Yeah, I just I'm not going to. So, you know, because you know, I have so many ideas. I got a head full of ideas, and they're just. I bet they're just driving you insane. Oh my god. You wouldn't believe it, man. They're driving me insane, and I feel like it's just, it's, they're being wasted here on Maggie's farm. Because I, I, I just, I just yeah. wake up every morning, and I just pray that it's raining, so I don't have to go out there and work, you know? Yep. That's absolutely right. Oh. Online. Let's see if we can get him back on here. 